hello, hello. Good morning, everybody out there. Welcome to the Unfounded Podcast. My name is Chris Turner, and I am your host. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. I hope you all are doing good. I hope your week is going good. We're getting close to the end here. I think it's Thursday, if I'm uh, remembering right. Yeah, I just woke up. Cool. Thursday. All right. Um, so welcome to your Thursday, guys. Uh, I hope you've been enjoying uh, enjoying the podcast episodes previous to this. Um, and I know yesterday was a little bit heavy. Uh, mine has seemed a little dark. I don't know how it couldn't. It was talking about the Joker, right? Um, but today I want to move into something different, different kind of energy, if you know what I mean. And uh, that is the energy of love. <laughs> Love, man. Where to start? Well, if you think about it, love is the thing that ties us together. It's the healthy bonds, not the chains. It's the thing you can rely on. It's a thing you can believe in. It's a thing you can get, you can trust to get lost in. There's this thing that happens when you base your actions in what I would call love. Sorry for that very loud swallow. What do I mean by base your actions in love? Well, part of the problem in doing this is in order to actually base your actions in love, (laughs) you have to know what it is. And in today's modern world, I think we've confused the idea of love with a lot of other things. Like we've, we've made it into, it's like another thing to attain, to keep, to hold on to, (laughs) you know what I mean? Our ego is like, ah, I don't want to lose this. (laughs) But the funny thing is you can't lose it. It's always there. You may think about love in terms of, I think that's just like something that's going to happen every single episode, guys. I'm sorry. (laughs) I am apparently just not good enough to silence my phone before I start this. So I apologize again. But let's see if I can get back on track here. We use it. We think about love as something to attain. But it's endless. It's like the endless fuel of the universe. It's like love is what fuels people in a positive manner to do the best things and make the world a better place. And so what the, what's the point of it? You know, why am I talking about it? Well, in the context of the ego, man, you know, love is the, is, is like kind of connecting to that source, that soul, figuring out who you are in a sense is where you discover true love. I think because it comes in many forms. Sure. You can experience love in a relationship. You can experience, you know, you can experience love though. in in <laughs> the smallest act as well. And sometimes it's the most profound in the smallest act. You can show love or experience love through kindness, through compassion, 
through loyalty. You can experience love through strength. You can experience love in the mediocre day-to-day things that you often overlook. And I think that's one area that's really good to, to focus on. As a strategy, you know, what are we trying to do here? Develop a strategy to, you know, hopefully improve ourselves. Well, that's a good one. We all have things we don't want to do or we tell ourselves we don't want to do. The chores, you know, those going shopping, whatever it is for you. Probably all of them, right? Doing the laundry. (laughs) Nobody wants to do any of those most of the time. But what I've found from my personal experience is that when you feel a lack of love around you, when you can't find it anywhere else, going to the simplest action and doing it with 100% of your self and intent, like let's say doing the dishes, what do you usually do when you go do the dishes? check out, right? It's something you don't want to do. So your brain starts to go crazy. You start to think about all the other things you could be doing (laughs) instead of doing the dishes. And what happens? You do a shitty job of doing the dishes because you're not actually focusing on it. And then that makes the process even harder. Maybe you drop a dish, you break a dish or something like that. Then you hate the dishes even more. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because you're not showing it any attention. You're not putting any love into it. You're making it a devalued thing. That action is, is below me. And so it becomes a really negative experience. There's a flip side to that. And you can test this in your life. But pick whatever chore it is that you absolutely hate. And I want you to completely clear every thought out of your mind except for that. You can do it. Focus only on that. And focus on doing it completely, wholly, in as perfect a way as you can possibly do. And what you'll find is if you do that, Maybe this is just me. I'm kind of curious if this happens for you guys as well. But if you do that, maybe it won't happen right away. You'll start to enjoy it. And isn't that revealing? It's like focusing on something. (laughs) We show our love through our intent. Through our focus, through our eyes. You, know, it's, you can see somebody that's in love by the way they look at each other. There's this intensity, this intent when they look at someone. Most of the time when you connect eyes with somebody you don't know, it's fleeting, glancing. You know, It's like a glancing blow. People look at you and look away right away. Why? I think there's a couple reasons for that, but you could think about in the love context. I think that people are afraid of giving away their love. They know that's what it is. <laughs> they know that when they look at somebody... Truly, they take down the walls and they view them for who they are and that person does it with you as well. That's love, man. All the flaws, all the perfection, (laughs) all of it wrapped up all in one and just seeing it it inspires a feeling of love. But the funny thing is, is you can't do that if you are playing this ego game. We have a lot of problems in relationships in modern day. I think the divorce rate is over 50%, approaching 60. 
So over half people that get married or enter into a marriage end up getting divorced. I'm not trying to criticize you if, if you are listening and you have been divorced. It's not a criticism. I know there's a lot of circumstances that surround <laughs> those situations, right? But what I'm trying to identify is why we have an increasing number. What changed? You know, did the human being change in 50 years? Biologically, does that make any sense? No. We're exactly the same thing we were 50 years ago. <laughs> but we're not staying together. We can, there's, you know, we could go, this is a big conversation. We could go a lot of directions with that. But I want to keep it in the love context. And hopefully the ego as well. If you are obsessed with yourself, which is what you are, if you're identifying as the ego, you're obsessed with yourself, then what you do is kind of like what I was explaining with the dishes. When you interact with people, you're there, but you're not there. You're scheming. You're in your head. And because of that, your love is like locked away. And there's this guarded look in your face, even though you don't know you're displaying it. When you do this, when you get in your head, you lock up. And you close off. Because you're treating yourself as this, like, safe of information. You know, that I have to scheme, as if the, th the things that you're encountering are dangerous and going to kill you. You know what I mean? You know, this existential fear quality is obvious in it. Got to protect myself. Can't show the world my thoughts. Don't want to let you know what I'm thinking. Let's not even look at each other in the eyes because maybe you'll read my mind. That's what you feel, right? <laughs> yeah. That is what you feel. But it's not a very good strategy, is it? <laughs> no. Kind of links to communication as well. How do you communicate with somebody if you think they're going to hurt you? If that's how you approach the world and people and engagement, you know, not from a place of love, but from a, from a place of, of, of fear, defensiveness. Can you see how all the other negative emotions can spring out of that? You don't open up. You don't show who you truly are. The other person sees that. Maybe it's a little unsettled themselves, or maybe they are approaching the situation in the exact same way, manner, telling you something that's not true playing this game don't you see how complicated that web gets talking back and forth saying things we don't mean and then the other person assuming that what you said is what you mean and then updating their image in their head and the game they're playing based on that you don't see how backwards that gets so quickly look at relationships that, that get into a place where people can't even talk to each other I don't know who you are. That's what they say. I don't even know who you are anymore. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You don't know who they are. And they don't know who you are. Because neither you communicated. Neither have told you told the other person who you are. If you did, that love would have locked you together, man. I guarantee it. Or if it didn't, I guess I can't guarantee it. But at least you wouldn't have ever gotten into that situation with that person. You would have known right away. But playing the game and tricking yourself and tricking them and pretending like there's something that needs to be controlled. 
you kill off any chance of love. And the only thing that can form is some superficial attachment based on the tangible things you have around you. The money, the house, the car, the trips you take together. The memories we create. Yeah, kind of. But you think about it the wrong way. Because taking trips and paying for things to have memories is transactional. It's not the way it happens. (laughs) Sorry. I'm not trying to tear down people people while vacationing. Of course, go visit the world. You have to use money to visit the world, right? It's how you approach it. You know, you can go. Here's a good example. You could go to like Sandals Resort, right? And pay for an experience. And you may have a fantastic time. Or you could like buy a plane ticket to anywhere. Just Boom. You know, go to the, go to the, do, do the thing that, do the thing you've seen in the movies. Go to the, go to the airport and be like, next flight, please. <laughs> Let the universe take control. See what happens. I guarantee you that route will be better. I guarantee you. Because what you're doing is you're going on an adventure. You're not paying for the experience before you have it. Don't you get how ridiculous that is? How can you make memories something that's, that's, that's different than what you've experienced if you're paying for it prior? I want this one, and this one, and this one, and this one, and this one. I know exactly what experiences I'm going to have. How much fun is that? You're taking all of the spice out of life by doing that. This is part, and this is maybe just a little personal anecdote here, but I can never stand when I go on a vacation and everybody wants to like plan everything out. <laughs> this may be just me, and it's a little bit of a side note. But this is this is why I feel that way at a, at a deep level is because it's like, man, we're killing the adventure. The spirit of adventure is being destroyed because you're trying to plan this sucker out, you know, compartmentalize it and structure it and make it something that's not scary. But we don't get that scary comes with the adventure. That's what creates the memory. <laughs> you know what I mean? Think about the memories that are the most deeply rooted in you. It's the ones that call to adventure. The ones where you took a little leap of faith, some would say. Put a little trust in something else, else, something other than yourself. Maybe another person. And what you create is something long-lasting. It's something divine. You can't purchase that. You gotta trust in it. That's what love is. Love is trust. Not just in yourself. Love is trust in being as such. Love is trust in the experience of what you are having right now is true. Everything you're doing in every place you've been and every action you've taken and every word you've spoken has been for a reason. This is definitely getting a little more spiritual. And I'm going to start to break into that a little bit more as we get deeper in the podcast. Again, I've said this in the first episode. I'm not going to try to convert any of you guys to any kind of religion, specific religion. And there's some reasons for that that I'll get into later. But right now, I think it's important for us to understand that we've confused love with something else. We've taken the life out of life itself because the thing that makes life worth living is the love of it, is the adventure of it, is, you know, the trust, you know, putting, you know, 
not knowing what's coming next. And trusting that it's going to happen. Whatever happens, happens. You know? Many of you being like, I can't stand that lack of control. Well, that's a good place to start to find your ego. If you feel like you need to control everything, there's a reason for it. It's rooted in some kind of insecurity. Figure out what that is. Because it's going to affect your love. If you kind of con- if you try to control things your whole life, you're going to squeeze the life out of it. You're going to squeeze so hard you strangle the damn thing. It's kind of what happened to the mother and the Joker. You know, in a simple level, she she was so scared of losing the only thing she had, she ruined it. She squeezed the life out of it, turned it into a monster. Because of her own issues. The things she didn't say. The love she couldn't show. She was too scared to. She had been hurting. Hurting. She had been hurt. And that's usually where it starts for most people. Like I said, kids are born knowing this. Intrinsically. <laughs> that's why they'll run right up to you and give you a hug and be like, Ah, you're my best friend now. Boom. Love. Instant. <laughs> that's how it exists in the natural state. You're stopping that. Your ego is stopping that. Stopping you from showing that every single day. Every single person you come across and every single word they say to you is more meaningful than you could ever imagine. If you try to control that process, you're going to kill it. You're going to strangle the life out of it, strangle all the data that you could have received out of that to move the world in a better direction and you're going to you're going to ignore it. That web that I was describing with the when people are playing the ego game in like in the relationship context and they tell lie after lie after lie you see how you tell a lie that person takes that lie assumes it's not builds their assumption off of the lie you told and then gives you a lie back and so now you have a lie and a lie and what do you do the same thing rinse repeat lie 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 <laughs> And before you know it, you have created something that is like, you can't even navigate the damn thing. It can take five minutes and you'll be so deep into a lie. You can't even figure out how the hell to get out of it. And most people get into that point as they, they stumble into that at some point in the relationship, especially romantic ones, you know, and it's tricky because your ego will hide when you're lying to, from yourself. You know, it's, it's something that'll be so deeply guarded that you'll just like spit something out. You know, they'll ask you about something and you'll just lie right away. You know, deflection. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't go there. And, you know, if you're good enough at it, those per- person won't even pick up on it. You know, they'll just take the lie and internalize it and then make that part of the image of who you are. It may seem like a safe bet. Maybe in the short term. But that's why one year down the road, two years down the road, three years down the road, cracks start to form. You didn't make a solid foundation. 
You didn't let the concrete set. That's not a good analogy. You didn't put in the effort to make it stable, level, grounded before you poured the concrete. And so now as soon as an earthquake comes, or one storm comes, that sucker's cracking right down the middle. And then it's a lot harder to repair it. You got a house on top of that now. <laughs> With people in it. So, what are you going to do? Take the house down to fix the <laughs> foundation? Maybe. That's, that's the place that a lot of relationships will get to. Where it gets, it gets to where you have to deconstruct everything around it before it'll ever be able to be built again, if it can be. Sometimes it just has to be torn down. And the sadness in that is that you'll never know what that house could have looked like, how long it could have stood. Because it's done. Love is the thing to focus on, folks. It's like the one thing that if you focus on it, meditate on it, pray on it, whatever your method is, it will show you what you're doing wrong. Don't confuse love with lust. And I, I don't think lust is defined in the proper way either. I don't think lust, like, so we associate lust with like physical attraction right? or like the yearning for something, but it, we, we separate it from love itself. I think what lust is, is I, I think lust is more related to love than we think. It's kind of like the beginning process of it. It's like the beginning stage of it. It's like that it's lust is the pull you feel towards something, <laughs> Right? It's literally like a pull. When I talk about feeling pulled, feeling, feeling pulled towards something, if you want to try to imagine what it feels like, it's that. It's the lust feeling that you feel pulled towards it. You can try to turn away from it. You can try to look away from it, think about something else. It's pulling you towards it. But because we view everything superficially, Lust is something in, in the modern context is the lust is associated with greed and it's a, it's a, it's not greed it's 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 coveting it's jealousy that's 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 what it is we've made lust into this jealous thing And it's unadulterated form, lust is the beginning stages of love. In its adulterated form, lust is jealousy. And I think the only way to see the difference between those two perspectives, <laughs> or that those two, those two methods of, of, I don't know what I'm saying there, but those two ways of thinking about lust is to place the ego in one and take it out of the other. Like, uh, how can someone be jealous of something if they know they can have it? 
What are you afraid of not having? You know? That feeling, that pull is, is there for a reason. You may, you may be scared of, of, of approaching that person or maybe you feel like you're insufficient. And so, you know, that lust, that pull can turn into a jealousy because you didn't act on it. You know? Or in some other way, you know, whatever... Maybe you, you got into a relationship and didn't open up, like I said, you know, and didn't, didn't approach it from a loving perspective, you know, from a true perspective. And so now what you have is this thing, this amalgamation, this monster that is making your life miserable. And so you look out into the world and you see these other opportunities, these other options to restart, to build a new house, maybe do it right. But you see how that lust is now turned into a jealous greed. That now you, now you, you, you kind of, you're going to be more wrapped up in yourself because, you know, you've been, the situation has gone so poorly and you haven't identified why. So you're going to look back out and do the same thing. But this time you're going to be more egotistical about it. You're going to blame the other person. You're going to say, ah, oh, they weren't right for me. Ah, oh, they were the wrong person. No. I mean, maybe. <laughs> you never know. That is, I mean, that can't happen, I guess. But I think it's more exceedingly rare than people realize. Because part of what you have to realize is your idea of compatibility. Like, I'm this thing and you're this thing and we're going to fit together in this one way. In in the ego context, it's, it's a... It's a facade and so you can even approach if, if you don't have your ego in check and that person doesn't either you can approach the relationship with completely good intentions but you're going to tell lies without knowing it because you don't know who you are and neither do they and it'll tear you apart and I think those are some of the most painful relationships to watch fall apart or to be in the middle of is the ones that that you feel that natural you, you know there's love there you know there's a connection, you know there's a pull, you know there's some kind of compatibility, but because each of you has this such a strong conception of who you are that you aren't willing to let go of, you tear it apart, you create a divide inside of it. And it's so sad, profoundly sad. It's like the most profoundly sad thing you can witness is the breaking of a love the loss of it. And that says a lot, doesn't it? You know? But on the other side, <laughs> these are, man, we, we really have been taking them dark, haven't we? The, uh, <laughs> they won't always be that way, I promise. I think we just need to get some of this stuff out of the way. Um, I don't know why I wanted to talk about love today. <laughs> to be honest, guys, I wasn't even going to record today. I was, uh, you know, I was, you got up and it's, it's kind of snowy out today and, uh, really weird morning. Actually, it's like foggy outside. And I opened up one of those mornings, you open up your windows and you're expecting to see like sunlight and green grass and boom, it was just like snow and clouds and fog. 
And for some reason, like I, like I said, I wasn't going to, I didn't sleep very well last night. I wasn't going to talk about anything. And then I just sat down and boom, here you go. So I don't know why I'm talking about love today. But it's got context, it's got value nonetheless, the conversation. I think I think part of what I'm getting to is like the there's a universal love you can experience, but you can only experience it through ego dissolution. And through letting go of what you think you are. Because through that you realize you are the same as everything else. You're stardust. I am, you are, he is, she is. The dog is, the grass is, the earth is, the sun is. We're all made up of the same stuff. And once you realize that, it's really, really, I mean, you have to try to not love absolutely everything you see. (laughs) You know what I mean? Maybe not. I hope you will. But it's that universal, that's why we feel connected. You know, that's why, that's why, that's why when we see things happen to other people, we feel it because they are you. You just don't know it. (laughs) They're the same thing as you. They're experiencing it the exact same way you are. They literally are the same you. That's going to, it's a deeper idea that, you know, probably don't want to dive into right now. For now, like I said, I think a good strategy I was talking about at the beginning is like, see if you can find love in the weirdest places. (laughs) See if you can, you'll know when you find it too, because you lose track of time. All of the segmenting of the world around you disappears. What happens when you are, when you found that love of your life, what happens? What do people say? Time stops. Everything ceases to move. That's what it feels like. And that's because... It's... It's showing you... The... What... The real thing. It's... I don't know how to say it any better. It's showing you the natural state of things. Einstein... Time is relative... Time is a construct. It's an idea. It's not tangible in the way we like to think about it. You say it's 950, I say it's 2546. (laughs) Agree to disagree. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? And every when you find love, it'll show you that. It'll show you that play, that natural state I talked about in the other in the other uh podcast when you find it you you truly put yourself into one thing all of it with love effort and care universe starts to play with you time stops sometimes it can feel like it's speeding up and sometimes it can feel like it's elongating 
just depends. <laughs> but sometimes it feels like it doesn't even exist. And I think if you can go into your life and find the simple, simplest way to achieve love like that, I mean, you got a good foundation to build on, man. You know what it is. It's the same thing. Same thing you feel doing your dishes right there that you'd feel <laughs> the moment you find the love of your life. It's a natural state. You're aligned with it. So time stops. You cease to feel like you have to move. Like there's this constraint. Like you have to do everything right now. Oh God, if I don't squeeze harder and control everything, gotta do it now. Hmm. Anyway, that was my peace, love, hippie episode. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> We're a little bit before 35 minutes. Um, I'm at about 33.15, but I think that's all I've got for you today. Um, I hope you enjoy it. I don't know how coherent that was. Like I said, I didn't get a lot of sleep last night, and I wasn't really planning on doing one today. But hey, it hit me, and so I had to get down and send it to you. Like I said, <laughs> it doesn't mean anything to you, <laughs> but I hope it does, okay? Um, so yeah, guys, I hope you have a good rest of your uh, week. We're getting towards the end here. You know, keep trucking. Friday's just around the corner, and uh, I will hopefully talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a good day.